BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. All right, third hour of Clay and Buck on this Friday. Appreciate you all being with us. Remember, lines open 800-282-2882. We are in the uh, 28th day here of the uh, Israel-Hamas War, the Israel-Hamas conflict, which, as we know, began with a mass casualty terror attack of unspeakable, unthinkable brutality and and evil of Hamas committing it against Israeli citizens, civilians, men, women, and children. And there's been a lot of talk uh, in the international community, in the international corridors, so to speak, about what should be done here, about what the response should be. We've been hearing about ceasefires. And some people have been pointing out, well, you know, there was a ceasefire before Hamas decided to do all this. In fact, Hamas had control of Gaza and was able to direct funds and and uh, make decisions for the people living in Gaza and, and uh, Gaza City. And they spent a lot of money, a lot of time preparing a horrific terror attack. And there should be consequences. There must be consequences as a result of it. Over here in the U.S., as Clay and I have been talking to you about this, it, things have gotten more politically complicated for the Democrat Party because what you have, on the one hand, uh, is a Democrat old guard led by Biden. You're talking old, you got to be talking Biden, uh, but others as well who are saying that effectively uh, they want Israel to be able to respond, but they want to micromanage from afar the response. Uh, here is, for example, this is a uh, cut four play. Here is Senator Dick Durbin who was saying it is time for a humanitarian pause. Play it. What happened on October 7th, the Hamas terrorism against Israel was outrageous and barbaric. No question about it, 1,400 people who lost their lives in the process. Israel has the right to defend itself. It has the right to stop this terrorist activity by Hamas. Now let's get down to the reality of this confrontation. We know that hundreds, thousands, if you will, have been killed, innocent people in the process. It is time for a humanitarian pause. It is time for us to count the injured and bring them forward for floating hospitals 
and other sources that can help them. I think this is the moment we should seize. A humanitarian pause. Clayton, what they're now talking about is multiple, multiple ceasefires over the course of this conflict uh, before Israel has really even fully begun the, the ground campaign that it will have to wage against Hamas in Gaza. And and I just, I, I feel like this shows us, on the one hand, you have an enemy that has that fights with absolutely no restraint whatsoever and is it operates like a death cult. The more death and misery Hamas can create, the better. And on the other hand, you have the Israelis who, after suffering this attack, which is absolutely akin to their 9-11, the world is telling them how they can respond, how they can fight, what they can do, what the timetable is, what the schedule is, all of this stuff. And on the one hand, it shows, I think, the with it shows the moral clarity of which side is operating here on a moral plane, or it shows you know that more clearly than ever. But also, it, it there, there's this only Israel has to do this. Only Israel as a country has to abide by ever-changing, you know, UN and, and international community standards as to when and how it can fight a military conflict. Yeah. And, and I think this is all transparently political now. And, and this was my concern when there was the initial demand that Israel wait a certain amount of time before they actually went into Gaza. Because I think in the immediate aftermath, when you respond to a terror attack, most people say, yeah, that makes sense. The longer you wait, the more attenuated it becomes. And the idea that you can, what, just pause? I mean, they're not going to stop shooting at Israeli soldiers. They're in Gaza right now. They're surrounding Gaza City. And you just want them to sit there like sitting ducks and just wait? Now, Israel has said, hey, if Hamas and and... I can't believe that this is still a major issue, but there are still several hundred hostages, many of them young children and babies that are being held somewhere by Hamas. We don't know. We think it's in those tunnels that they have uh, organized underneath all of these different properties all throughout Gaza. The fact that there are still American hostages and that more of the attention is not focused on the American hostages. I mean, Buck, on some level, it feels like there has been more media attention paid to images of hostages getting pulled down than there has been to the fact that there are hostages. If you think about the media coverage, it doesn't feel to me like we have gotten blanket coverage. What do we still think? There's 10 or more American hostages that are being held by Hamas. We haven't gotten the blanket coverage of the hostage situation like occurred, my understanding is, when uh, Iran took all of our hostages during Jimmy Carter's uh, administration. And so this whole idea that there should be a proportionate response and that you should wait on the response and that you should pause and that there should be a ceasefire, I think it's all transparently political. And there's a big article up from the Associated Press which ties in with a lot of what we've been saying on this week, and the headline buck is Democrats fear Biden's Israel Hamas war stance could cost him re-election in Michigan. And listen to this opening paragraph. Democrats in Michigan have been have warned the White House that President Joe Biden's handling of the Israel Hamas conflict could cost him enough support within the Arab American community to sway the outcome of the 2024 election in a state he almost certainly can't afford to lose in his bid for re-election. 
situation has prompted the White House to discuss ways to alleviate tensions with some of the state's prominent Democrats, including several who've been vocal critics of the president about the war. And then they directly quote uh, one of the top uh, Palestinian, I think, but uh, Arab uh, people in political office in Michigan saying the message has been relayed. We've had calls with the White House. We've had calls with DNC officials. We've been clear. So I don't think it's a coincidence, Buck, that we suddenly get the Islamophobia uh, task force headed up by Kamala Harris and that there are now, they're trying to third way this. There's demands for Israel to take action against Hamas and, and basically end them. There's demands for a ceasefire. And where are Democrats now? They're in favor of a pause, which is some wishy-washy middle ground between the two. Well, that's exactly right. What you're seeing is the political calculations here are pushing what the Biden administration responses or, or interactions are with Israel up to this point more than what is in the strategic interest of Israel and its national security, right? It, Correct. Biden and this White House are trying to say, yeah, and this has been, this has been the cognitive dissonance or this has been the, uh, the friction that has existed here all along. And it is the Biden White House is saying Israel has a right to defend itself, but then says, well, but you know, we, we have to make sure that they don't have many civilian casualties in Gaza and they have to wait and they have to open humanitarian corridors and they have to be pauses and they have to be all these things. And oh, by the way, we're also concerned about Islamophobia here at home too, because some, somehow, um, that's, you know, that's a, a, a big problem that no one is really actually seeing anywhere. But nonetheless, um, this is a Biden administration that realizes they don't have any good answers for this. And I think what you're likely to see is some of the far left, like some of the squad, some of the left wing members of Congress who are particularly, uh, critical of and let's just be anti-Semitic. Uh, yes. that they're going to be getting louder, right? Like this problem, Clay, isn't going to go away because the the ground campaign, I mean, the Israelis are going to have to, they're going to go in there and they're going to capture or kill a lot of Hamas guys. The, yes. That hasn't even happened yet, right? There have just been some airstrikes right now, but Israel is going to be going in there in urban warfare. There will be some civilian casualties as well. That is always regrettable, but... What is, like, you know what I mean? If, if the tension right now and the c- concerns about Michigan and can Biden win and the Arab American community there are high at this stage, just wait. I mean, what is this White House going to be saying in a few weeks when, I mean, you're going to have hundreds, if not maybe even a few thousand Hamas fighters are going to get, I mean, they're going to get justice via the IDF. And also, again, on this hostage front, what in the world is going to happen here? There are over 200 of them. Initially, remember, there were threats. Hamas was saying, oh, we're going to behead them. We're going to behead them on video. They've now been captured for, what are we sitting at? Almost, I mean, coming up on a month, which is crazy to think about. I mean, those hostages were seized on October 7th, and we're now sitting here in early November. They've been underground, theoretically, in these tunnels for nearly a month, for for weeks. How does this situation resolve itself? As Israel is is circling Gaza City, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Buck, they've only un, uh, recovered one uh, hostage, a uh, a woman, I believe, who was a soldier that they got and uh, and were able to free safely. But do we feel like these 200 plus hostages, including 10 Americans, as Israel encircles 
Gaza City that there's going to be a positive result there. I mean, I, I feel like the hostage aspect of this story, again, when you, you're in Miami Beach, you've talked about the fact that the posters are up. Yeah. I feel like I've read more about the posters and the posters being torn down than I have the actual hostages themselves, which well, feels in many ways like a, like a failure of the media to remember that these people are still there. It's impossible to play this game that the pro-Hamas people out there, it's amazing that they even exist, but that the pro-Hamas people try to do which is, oh, wait, this is a conflict with two sides that both have grievances and both have. One side is holding little kids and threatening to kill them on television. Correct. Intentionally. The other side is trying to free them and free Americans as well, by the way. You're right. And and, and that is probably one big reason why the both sidesism of this story is not being covered, because there isn't two sides. There's one side that engaged in a profoundly evil attack, and the other side is trying to ensure that never happens again. Uh, cyber scammers have upped their game. Their random text message is so sophisticated right now, more and more people are clicking the links they provide, and once you take the bait, it's really hard to remove the hook. Uh, look, there's all sorts of things out there in online identity theft that are being successful, and that's why LifeLock exists. No one does a better job of scanning the web looking for evidence. Some scammers have gotten a hold of your information, and it's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Protecting your identity can be easy with LifeLock. If you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. It's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now and save 25% off your first year with promo code CLAY. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to LifeLock.com. Use promo code CLAY for 25% off. That's promo code CLAY. Keeping it real. Keeping it honest. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com slash news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com slash news. Identity theft protection starts here. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you have access to potential tax benefits and you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Labrador's core executive team has more than 190 years of combined oil and gas experience and has drilled thousands of oil and gas wells. They're dedicated to mitigating risk while providing accredited investors with sound returns. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. American energy independence is crucial for our national security and future prosperity, and Labrador Energy is leading the charge to make that a reality. Invest in U.S. oil and gas today 
Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us on this Friday as we are rolling through the program. Appreciate all of you who've been weighing in, calls that we have taken throughout this program as well. Um, there's been a lot of talk. In fact, one of my buddies says that we are actually already in World War III and that lots of people have not yet recognized it. And his argument, we were up in D.C., I went out and got uh, drinks with him. His argument was, look, there's clear war in Europe, the likes of which we haven't seen since World War II. The Middle East now with what's going on with uh, with Hamas and Israel and all of the other countries in the Middle East that have gotten involved in some form or fashion, particularly Iran, and the ongoing dangers all over Asia as it pertains to China's expansionist tendencies. Well, we've had Gordon Chang on this program several different times to talk about China and the geopolitical challenges there. He says basically the same thing. We could very well right now be in World War III. Listen to this. This is an extremely dangerous moment. You know, we talk about World War III. We could very well be in it. Because if we go back to the 1930s, there were separate wars that eventually merged into the Second World War. We're seeing the same thing now because China in proxy wars is going after the United States and our friends and allies. And as you point out, um, they could very well start something in East Asia as well. Remember, we have got wars or chaos in Europe, in Africa and in Asia, the Middle East. And so this can spread and it probably will spread because Biden has shown weakness. OK, Buck, how concerned are you? Uh, so Gordon makes that argument. How concerned are you that what seems to be a toxic triangle of Iran, uh, Russia, and China are all interacting in a fairly concerted way? Are you concerned that all of this could spiral? Do you think China could get more aggressive and expansionist than already has? How would you assess what Gordon said? Uh, I have known Gordon a long time. He's a super bright guy. Uh, I'm a I'm uh, I'm a Gordon Chang fan. Um, he is a, a bit of a pessimist when yeah. it comes to national security. And things Although so. he's it's a just... super optimist about China, which is interesting, right? Like that he thinks China is like uh, on its way down. Remember oh, our conversations well, I, with him? I was confused. Yeah. I was like, well, he's not optimistic for China. He's optimistic yeah, right. that China is well, in trouble. It'll be good yeah, yeah. for us. Yes, he wrote a book called "The Coming Collapse yeah. of China." So I was like, I don't think the Chinese think he's optimistic. Um, but yes, no, I, I, look, he, he, he's a, he often, uh, in his analysis goes into the possibility of, you know, uh, uh, a particularly negative case. And I think here, nothing he is saying, I would say is untrue or I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't quibble with it. Um, but I think that there are more, uh, more reasons for optimism about this conflict being contained right now to the regions where it exists. To be fair, 
you have the Russia-Ukraine conflict. That is going to grind on and continue. I have no belief that that's going to end anytime soon. Um, you have Israel-Hamas. That is just about to get going. As I've said, I think that will last something like six to eight weeks. Um, you will have, you know, a few thousand uh, Hamas casualties. You probably have in the hundreds of IDF casualties, uh, hopefully, you know, very, very few. But you know, that's what I think is a, a reasonable assessment of this. And I don't see those conflicts as being related. It's interesting here in America, the ruling class, the Biden regime wants to make them seem related. But I don't think that that's uh, I don't think that's fair. They just want the money to flow to both as though they're. Somehow these conflicts are intertwined. Um, there are downsides for the bad actors, particularly in the Middle East, for trying to escalate downsides that they may not want to remember. I mean, one thing we can say about Putin, as bad a guy he is, he is a rational actor, right? This is why when people say, oh, my gosh, he's going to fire off nukes in Ukraine, Putin is not looking to exterminate all of the Ukrainians and turn Ukraine into a wasteland. He wants Ukraine to be a part of the Russian Federation. He wants Ukrainians to have Russian Federation passports, and, you know, he wants to extend his control into that country. I disagree with the national security apparatus in this country that says then he wants, you know, Poland. And then, I mean, I think that that's way overblown, and I think that's a justification for the kind of open checkbook theory that we're applying to this right now. Um, but my point here being, Clay, that Putin knows that escalation comes with risks to him. Um, Iran knows that escalation would come with risks as well from Israel. You know, I mean, the Israeli military, we, we talk about it in the context of, you know, can they have precision surgical strikes and can they save people who are hostages? And those are very difficult, um, very difficult operations to pull off. I mean, Israel has Israel has nukes, right? I mean, Israel has a a world class air force and highly sophisticated weaponry. The ability to punish Iran that Israel and the U.S. have together is such that I think it keeps Iran from going. It's going to do things like it has been. I don't think it's going to cross a much bigger red line. But Gordon obviously is more worried than I am. No doubt. And also I would point out the reason why Iran wants nukes is because Ukraine voluntarily gave up nukes. And I don't think you're going to see any country after what's happened to Ukraine ever voluntarily give up nukes again once they have them. Right. Because the argument is that's the ultimate ultimate deterrent to keep somebody from ever coming into your country. You know, there's speculation around Washington, D.C. that we'll hear of an announcement before year's end of a change in our currency system. According to former Wall Street insider and digital currency expert Tika Tiwari, our paper dollars and coin change could be replaced with a digital dollar currency. Business Insider has confirmed this possibility, writing U.S. Treasury's efforts to create a U.S. digital currency could be imminent. Tikatawari believes the official announcement will happen this fall. That's why he's released an informative video to help you prepare. See it online. Go to dollarrecall.com to see this video that some people in the corridors of our federal government don't want you to see and learn how to opt out of this digital dollar. That website, again, is dollarrecall.com. Don't wait. This is something you want to take action now so that you can be prepared, so you can be informed at least about what could be happening with this digital currency down the line. DollarRecall.com is the website paid for by Palm Beach Research Group. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We bring in now my friend and country music superstar, John Rich. And, uh, John, we've gotten to know each other quite a bit over the last few years. Would you have ever believed that the country would get as crazy as it is right now? And we'd be talking about, you know, guys winning women's championships and 
war everywhere, and uh, it just feels like chaos has descended across the nation and, frankly, around the world. No, I would not have believed we would actually see it to this degree. I did, however, believe there were people that intended for these things to happen, but for many years they were pretty careful on not not allowing us to really see their intentions play out in front of our faces, you know, because once once it plays out where you can see it, there's really nowhere for them to hide. Uh, so it's pretty it's pretty uh, shocking to see what's going on, and I don't know about you, but it, it it feels like we are in a in a momentum pattern right now of more and more things, bad things coming for this country. It's a it's a very concerning time to be an American right now. John, do you get the sense it's Buck, and I appreciate you being here with us on the show. Um, do you get the sense that that creatives, so to speak, whether in you know obviously country music, but more broadly just the music industry. Are, are people starting to recognize that the, the, the shackles they're under because of wokeness or political correctness or whatever are, are really contrary to the ethos of creativity and, and really the ethos of America and freedom? Like, are you seeing it happening more? Are you talking to people behind the scenes or is it still status quo for the most part? Well, I think the artists, the songwriters, you know, the creators, uh, we all know what we're looking at. And yeah, I mean, the, uh, the current culture in this in this country is not conducive to free thought or wide open creativity, artistic creativity. It's just not. The problem is most of your artists that are currently on the radio, they all have record deals. The record labels are run by you know giant corporations that are uh, heavily leftist, and they know that. And if I say the wrong thing, I do the wrong interview, I put out the wrong song. Uh, I'm probably done. You know, I might lose my record deal, might not get played on the radio again. And so it's really hard thing to ask those artists to do it anyway, because a lot of them, this is their American dream. They work their asses off to get to that point, to get a record deal and be heard and be on country radio or pop radio or whatever they're on. And now they're looking at turning the whole thing upside down over freedom of speech. For me, I think it came at a good point in my career because I don't need the music industry anymore. Uh, matter of fact, I look at it like this. If the music industry thought well of me, I would not think well of myself. It would bother me if they liked me at this point. But I do empathize with a lot of these artists, guys, because it, it, what are they supposed to do? Al Dean is big enough that he's able to come out and say what he wants to. You can't cancel Al Dean. There's a few of us, but not many. I'm curious when you're out and about, uh, what kind of response you get from fans uh because there's some people out there who say as you point out oh man i don't want to really rock the boat i don't want to say exactly what uh what i think you have come through on the other side and you just say exactly what you think i actually in my experience I, I think people are just looking for authenticity and as long as you're being honest to yourself they're fine with that i'm curious if you found that in your experience with your music yeah, I mean, when I travel around the country, you know, we did uh, we did close to 40 big and rich shows this year. So you do meet and greets before all the shows, and, you you know, you meet everybody before the event. And uh, pretty much across the board, people will come up to me and shake my hand and say, hey, thanks for saying what we would say if we had the microphone. Like, you know, John, you've got, you've got the microphone. You've got a platform. You're saying exactly how we feel about this, and thank you. Keep doing it. And so that, that makes you feel great. You know, giving up the music industry, they, they blackballed me. Well, I blackballed them too. You know, I don't care to work with them either. And so when that happened though, a few years ago, 
I thought, well, that's that's it. No more award shows. No more number one songs. That's over with. I wonder what's going to happen going down the road. And I can tell you what happened, man, is tens of millions of Americans that keep up with what I do now have my back. They feel they feel like I'm one of them because I am and that we speak the same language. So it's become a much bigger conversation for me out there with the fans than just the music. It's it's very dimensionalized at this point and a great feeling for me to have. We're speaking to country music superstar John Rich and and John, you know, Clay's in Nashville, so he's he's closer to to the world of of country music, uh, you know, certainly physically um than, than I am as a guy who grew up in New York City, but it, it would seem to me that if there's any place where pro-American values, traditional values, uh, you know, freedom, the flag, all that would be totally welcome in the in that creative space, specifically in the music industry, it would be country music, but you get pressure, you know, if you were if, if talking about like top 40 or some of the other genres, I would understand I, to, to an outsider to me, isn't country music like the safe space for loving America? Or is there really pressure <laughs> on artists not to be able to express themselves that way? No, it's not a safe space. Listen, man, you're talking about Sony, Universal, Warner Brothers. Between those three companies, they own 80 percent of all the record labels. So. Uh, you're not dealing with some good old boy in Nashville, some good old country girl in Nashville. You're dealing with elite, uh. mega corporate, you know, oligarchs basically of these companies. And so that when they put the downward pressure and they tell their A&R departments, their, their publicists, everybody, hey, this is how we do it. This is how we don't do it. You know, what Clay was saying earlier that, of course, that, that kills artistic expression. You listen, Charlie Daniels, uh, Merle Haggard, Johnny Cash, all of our favorites, if they were writing those songs today in this current climate, you would never hear any of it. It would never be allowed to get to the public's ears. We're talking to John Rich. I know in addition to country music, you are a monster college football fan. And we did. Some of people have watched this. We were on Big Noon together. I know you're a Longhorn fan uh, for all the Texas listeners out there. But your show was on College Game Day on ESPN for uh, your song was on College Game Day, which is a very popular pregame show for a long time. And then they took your version off. I'm curious why you think that happened. And a positive story here, your song is going to be on Big Noon, which is going to air on Fox Sports tomorrow. Kind of take people through the background story of how that happened uh, both at ESPN and now at Fox. Well, so coming to your city uh was the theme for college game day on ESPN for 15, 16 seasons, something like that. I mean, basically people had grown up listening to that. That was a Saturday morning tradition for a lot of people. When you hear it coming to your city, you know it's time for college football. Well, for whatever reason, ESPN decided, hey, we still want to use the song. We just don't want you guys to be the ones singing it anymore. Do you think that was, by the way, a political decision by them, or what do you attribute well, it to? They had somebody uh, else it, record the song, right? Right. I mean, it, it, it would be me speculating about that, but why else would you do it? I, maybe there's another reason. I'm sure that having a guy, especially like me, that's as outspoken as I am as a conservative, there was bound to have been somebody in the ranks of ESPN going, you know what, we don't really want to look at his face every Saturday morning. Now, I, that was never told to me. I can't prove that. But that's kind of what my that that's what my assumption is. But it is only an assumption, so I don't really know. In any case, we weren't real happy that uh, we don't get to sing our own song anymore. I mean, we weren't really happy about that. So 
this opportunity comes along from Fox Sports, and they said, hey, we love Big and Rich and Cowboy Troy. You guys want to do something with uh, with us? Like, well, of course we want to do something. Let's go. We love college football. So we actually took Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy, which is the biggest song we've ever had. We took that music and wrote an entire special piece of music for Big Noon Kickoff. It's going to air tomorrow, man, and we are absolutely pumped uh, to have graduated to a major network like that uh, and have our voices heard again. That's awesome. It's going to be fun. It'll be on tomorrow from uh, 10 to noon Eastern all over the country. They'll be playing your new song on the Fox Sports pregame show. Yeah, it's rocking, dude. I'm so happy, and thank you for uh, – you were instrumental, man, and in kind of connecting those wires, and it's been a blast working with everybody, easy people, down-to-earth people. And, uh, yeah, tomorrow my two sons, Cash and Colt, they're like, we're getting up extra early, man. I know it's Saturday, but we're going to watch – got to see you on there, man. we got to check it out, so we'll have it cranked at our house. Uh, by the way, you also played for uh, Donald Trump at his most recent fundraiser. I saw you there. You came out and played a song. For people who don't know Donald Trump, why are you such a big Trump supporter? What he what has he been like for you? Because the entire system hates him, and the entire system is corrupt, and so you are known by your enemies, and that's that's what I think, and I think that's what most Americans think. Is Donald Trump a perfect human being? No. Uh, is he the perfect role model for everybody? Absolutely not. He's a very uh, flawed individual. But the entire system despises Donald Trump. Republicans hate him. Democrats hate him. Tech hates him. The media hates him. Business hates him. The banks hate him. All the systems in our country that, that keep their boot heel on the neck of the American people hate Donald Trump. And for me, that's all I need to know, that he's the right guy. Uh, to step back forward and and try to put this thing back into check. Our country is literally catching on fire, and it's just getting started. Who's the only one holding the fire extinguisher? Who's the only one that can reverse this mess? Name somebody other than Donald Trump that you think would have a chance, at least, of reversing the destruction we see going on in this country. I personally can't name anybody else, and so that's why I support him. John Rich, country music superstar. Love you, man. See you soon. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you. Look, if you're looking for a natural way to have more energy and stamina, you've got to try Chalk Daily Supplements, formulated for both men and women to be their absolute best and for the guys, Male Vitality Stack, which focuses on boosting testosterone. In fact, the leading ingredient in Chalk's Male Vitality Stack, proven in studies to replenish 20% of diminished testosterone levels in three months' time, that's a difference you can feel, particularly because... Men now have about 50% of the testosterone level, this is crazy, that our grandfathers and our great-grandfathers had. And if you're a lady out there listening right now, they have Chalk's Female Vitality Stack. Helps with your hormone balance, too. To learn more, find them online at chalk.com. That's C-H-O-Q.com. Chalk spelled with a Q, C-H-O-Q.com. Plus, you get 35% off any Chalk subscription for life when you use my name, Clay, in the purchase process. That's chalk.com. My name, Clay, for 35% off. Need a break from politics? A little comedy to counter the craziness? So do we. The Sunday Hang. A weekend podcast to lighten things up a bit. Find it in the Clay and Buck podcast feed on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. 
Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you have access to potential tax benefits and you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax advantage income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Labrador's core executive team has more than 190 years of combined oil and gas experience and has drilled thousands of oil and gas wells. They're dedicated to mitigating risk while providing accredited investors with sound returns. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. American energy independence is crucial for our national security and future prosperity, and Labrador Energy is leading the charge to make that a reality. Invest in U.S. oil and gas today. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back in. Closing up the week. Appreciate all of you who've hung out and spent so much time with us. Crazy. It is almost daylight savings time or whatever the heck it's called. I'm going to tee off on that here in a moment, Buck. But it's not very far to Thanksgiving. Man, I mean, this we got an early Thanksgiving this year. And for so many of you out there, you're going to be traveling for Thanksgiving. Then comes Christmas very quickly, New Year's. want to make sure you download the podcast. You can take us wherever you're going to be during the holiday season to make sure that you're getting all the brand new Clay and Buck episodes. Maybe you'll want something to listen to on a long drive. Search out my name, Clay Travis. Search out Buck Sexton. You can sign up, get the whole podcast network, Tudor Dixon, Carol Markowitz, more to come. I think you guys are going to absolutely love it. Encourage you to go get subscribed. Sunday, the time's going to change. And we are going to fall back. And where I live, I don't know what the, what the yearly, um, you know, sort of, uh, sunlight measure is in Miami. I don't know that it changes as much because the closer to the equator you get, the closer you have to basically even day and uh, night. I lived I've said this before in the U.S. Virgin Islands for a couple of years practicing law. And there you're so close to the equator that there isn't that much variation in time. Uh, and, uh, and so the, the sunlight doesn't change that much. Here where I live in Nashville, by, by December 21st, like next month, it's going to be dark at 4.30. And I absolutely despise the fact that we change the time at all. I wish when we spring forward, we would just stay there forever 
Do you have any strong uh, association with the time? You lived in New York City. I don't know how. I, I remember many years in New York City when, especially when I was doing more office job kind of stuff, it was dark every time you wanted to go. Dark and cold every time you were free feel. of your office, which is not great. And, uh, you know, people get, what is it, seasonal disaffective disorder. Seasonal think, affective someone, disorder, affect, yeah. Affective disorder, sorry, yeah. I, I don't I don't like the changing of the clocks. I would I would be anti daylight savings time. I would just say we just keep the clocks where they are and everyone just deals with it forever. That's, yes, yeah, for forever. I, I I think this is kind of a silly ritual that we go through. Um, so there's that. It does remind me a little bit of the uh, the the very good Nate Bargatze skit from SNL where he's talking about the founding of America, so we could have random weights and measures. Yes, you know? which is also a thing that when you really dive into, it, you go, why exactly do we have all these different uh, confounding weights and measures in this country but we do things our own way here clay freedom including the freedom to decide arbitrarily that we have to make our clocks go back an hour well i mean it's crazy by the way that you mentioned the weights and measures and the time change and everything else is you know in, in england they still weigh things based on stones you, you ever like i don't even know i mean we think that yeah. whatever pounds kilograms however you want to weigh things I remember being over in England. Somebody's like, "Yeah, I'm about 13." I'm like, "13 stones? Like, I don't even know what a stone is." Like that. So, as crazy as some of our weights and measures are, at least we're not still doing stones. Although I will say, it feels like we're kind of dunking on horses when we still talk about how fast cars are based on horsepower. <laughs> you know, it's like this is 250 horsepower. Well, yeah, I mean, a car's a lot more powerful than a horse. Um, but so some of these arbitrary weights and measures are ridiculous, but I think of all of them, the time change, I, if I were running for president, I would run on the platform of once the time changes again in March, we never change it for the rest of recorded humanity. We have one time forever. And I think most people would approve of that. Think about how many people have had some very stressful event. Maybe they were late for a job interview or they missed a flight or whatever, because they forget about this time change thing. I mean, there's collateral damage oh, totally. to daylight savings that never really gets talked about. There are, what? there are daylight savings victims out there who deserve their day. Well, you know what also doesn't happen, Buck? If you have young kids, you don't get an extra hour of sleep. People are like, well, you know, when we fall back, you know, the clocks, you get to get the extra hour. No, you don't. Kids, kids certainly are not adjusting their wake up time based on arbitrary alterations to the clock time. I, I heard this all the time. As soon as we had kids, they were still coming in at the same early hours when they were young. So no parent out there is going to get an extra hour. I will say, when I was uh, out and about, the only good thing about it was the bars. When you're out in a bar and you fall back and you get an extra hour, if you happen to be out on the Saturday night turning into the Sunday, you get an extra hour of open bar tabs, um, which can be either good or bad depending on where you live. Uh, but that's the only thing I can really remember about the fallback time when I would say, okay, this is kind of fantastic. But they keep shortening it. Now we're into November. It comes back in earlier in March. Like, just end it once and for all. I think everybody would agree with that in general. By the way, Allie, producer Allie, says uh, this just means in New York City you get mugged an hour earlier. So wow. uh, so this is uh, not exactly working for the Tourism Board of New York these days. No, Allie. no, no, for sure. Well, everyone, have a great weekend. Uh, enjoy the time change if you're inclined to enjoy such things. And we look forward to talking to you all on Monday. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. 
Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest Toothpaste, Secret Deodorant, Old Spice Deodorant, or Gillette Razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.